Oh, you got to turn your speakers down. Did you hear the echo? You're a rascal. That's what I have to say about that. That's not a rascal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am here with, I know her as Pamela Green, but she has a different last name because she's married now. And the picture that you saw as we did the intro, not relevant Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Well, it was back then. (laughs) It, It was back, but it was an interesting thing. So you didn't think I had that picture, did you? No. Did you How even did you do you, that? do you, you even just... remember us taking that picture? Mhm. Oh, okay. Do you remember what event it was? I thought it was for like one of the spring dances or something like that. Can't say the word dance. Not back then. Spring <laughs> spring, I, I don't have a spring formal or spring dinner or something, but uh, I, I think it was homecoming. So okay. Pam and I went to Palm Beach Atlantic College back in the yes. day. It is now a mm-hmm. university. And yes. back then there was no dancing allowed at the school. No. And I can attest to that because I got shut down at a, holiday at a weekend block party that we did at uh i think yeah. it was what was the, was it hold it wasn't hold hall it was hold hall the, yes. the two-story one where mm-hmm. yeah and i had brought my speakers in from uh over from uh, oh, kathy dorm and we had yes. the balcony oh. rocking and yeah somebody yeah. from the school showed up and said we had to stop playing the music i remember that yeah i do so, mm-hmm. all right. So the picture was from, I think it was from homecoming and I don't remember, what year? I don't remember which year. Okay. And I'm sad to say, and partly because I think one of the things that I did back then was, I don't think I actually officially dated anybody during my years at Palm no. Beach Atlantic. It was something mm-hmm. where, Hey, go into the homecoming. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we sit together? Yes. And then what they do is they grab you and say, hey, how about a picture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but did, did we just meet or did we actually go together? I thought we went together, but maybe I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Sure I, I I'm sure I picked you up in my beater of a car. You would remember I which remember, one. I think I remember that, too. Right. I don't remember which one, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's how we did it. Okay. We didn't just show up and, hey, you want to sit with me? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that horrible? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we had to have because we're actually kind of matching. I'm wearing a pink shirt with a pink tie. Yeah. And you've got pink in your dress. And there's a corsage. Yes. I'm sure I bought you the corsage. I'm sure you did too. I'm sh- I'm sure I did. Because I am a gentleman like that. Yes, you are. <laughs> Very much. So how? when was it that you came to visit? In Tallahassee, I know you came up for business. So it's been about two two years ago. That's probably about right. I still had my client in Tallahassee, so it had to have been 2018 or 2017. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking like two, maybe three. I was thinking more like two years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I saw you there, and I met your family, your lovely husband, your kitties. Well, you met Chris. You met Chris back at PBA. Did I? Yes. He went to PBA? He did. He did not go to PBA. And how did I? um, Okay. Tell me this story. The summer summer when I tell you, you'll remember. Okay. So the summer that I graduated in 89, um, there was like an alumni or some kind of prime rib dinner at the school. And I invited Chris. Um, and so our first date was he came and had dinner. It was, I bought a couple of tickets and I asked him, I said, so, Hey, do you want to go with me? And he's like, sure. So, and then I used to babysit for an attorney, um, Gigi and Jim Eisenberg that lived in Palm beach. 
um, along the intercoastal. I would I babysat for him, and that was our first date. We went to a dinner, and you met Chris. You guys met each other because he he knows who you are. Okay. So so w- w- when you say the summer, was it the summer before the eighty eight eighty nine year or the summer after? The summer after. So I after had I graduated. So I hadn't left yet to go up to uh, North Carolina. No. I want to say it must have been like in June, maybe, maybe in June. What kind of event yeah. would we have after maybe July? What would we have had after graduation? It was some kind of dinner. I just remember that because I didn't meet Chris until July of 89. Wow. And then we were married in June of 90, not even a year later. So I know that it was late July that there was some kind of a dinner or get together or something on campus and you were there because you, you and Chris met. Wow. You think that's funny. (laughs) I I don't remember. remember. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is he there? I see. I didn't have that picture, but I remembered it. So it's, are you finding that as you're doing these podcasts that you remember certain things and the other person you're talking to remembers things Absolutely. But they're not necessarily the same thing. Absolutely. That's how it goes. Yes. There are people mm-hmm. that remember things that I have no clue what they're talking about. And of course, that's easy to do. Because remember, yeah. I I mean, I was student government president, so it wasn't like I could just yes. hide on campus. Everybody knew you. I couldn't hide anyway. There, were, there weren't very many of us around. <laughs> Well, but not only that, your personality, like you just know everybody, you're very, very friendly, very outgoing. And so it stands to reason why you're SGA president and everybody knew Marvin B as in Do you remember that? (laughs) Okay. I've only had that happen since elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, but... Nobody like Pam Green did it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, right? There it is. There it is. There it is. All right. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know how to go back and talk about some of this stuff because, again, I'm trying to remember when we actually met. I didn't realize that we spent all four years together. I thought you were a year or so ahead of me. Mm-mm. for all this time and then here we are we graduate together <laughs> i was on the five-year program so i i got there in the fall of 86 okay oh, 85 well, oh it had to be uh, 85 is what you're talking i got there in 86 yeah i'm sorry no i, I got there in 85 the fall of 85 yes so and you graduated got there, in 89 so you got there in the fall of 84 yes i think so Yes, because I changed my major three times. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because I didn't know what I wanted to do. That's why I never went to college. Why did you? Okay, because let's I let's. Did, what did you start with? I w- well, first, okay, I, I didn't go to school until I was twenty three. Okay, so I didn't I ask that question. <laughs> I know, but I'm telling you. Okay. So, like, I was like, really, I re- I do remember I took American history or world history. And I made a D and my roommate made an A. Her name was Sabrina. And I, oh yeah, she was an A student, but she was also 18. She just got out of high school. Anyway. She was um, still in study mode. Oh yeah. Like I I had to relearn how to do that. So first I went in as undecided and then I went into don't laugh, but I went into music and then, then I was almost going to quit. That I remember. Uh, that after the second year, I was going to leave. And then I just started talking to people and praying about it and went into education. And that was that was exactly where I was supposed to be. That was exactly what I was supposed to do. Right. So it took me a, a little while to figure it out. What, did, what was your major? Because I forgot. Business administration. Administration. Business administration. The entire time. That's right. Okay, now I do remember. And then I had to add on, I think it was I minored in like mathematics and religious studies because I had so many extra credits in those areas. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah. stupid because they ran out of math classes. Well, because you probably took everything you needed in high school. 
see, I, I was a bachelor of arts and I did all my math in high school and I didn't even have to take any because I, I took um, analytic, analytic geometry and trigonometry in my senior year of high school. So I didn't have to take any math when right. I got to PBA. I think I took trigonometry in junior high. I'm sorry, mm. I'm not junior high, uh, ju- uh, junior year. Of high school. Of high school. Yeah. yeah. And then I mm-hmm. took some weird class in senior year because when I got to PBA, I, I remember I had to take – I, I even though I took calculus, I ended up taking calculus one, two, and three, and some weird like linear algebra or abstract algebra or something. I mean, who needs those classes? Business business administrators. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's go back now. Since you brought it up, what did you do in between high school and college? Because obviously we never talked about that because I have no clue which, who you were before PBA. Well, um, I graduated from high school when I was 18. And then within a year later, my mom died. I was 19. And so at that point, um, my brother and I, I moved in at the time because I didn't have any place to go. I moved in with my boyfriend and his family for like a month or so, maybe two months while I saved up money, you know, to move into an apartment. And um, so then for like three years, you know, I lived in an apartment and then I went to live with my dad in Arkansas for about a year. And that was when, um, while I was up in Arkansas, my grandfather had passed away. And at that time, um, part of the other reason that I didn't go to school was because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't have the money, but my grandparent, my granddad passed away and was very generous and there was a trust set up for my brother and I. So I was able to use those part of those funds to go to school. So um, while I was up in Arkansas, I, you know, wanted to go back to West Palm beach cause that's where I grew up. And um, you know, uh, uh, filled out all the, admission paperwork and came back down there and lived on campus and everything. Cause my brother was married and I didn't have a roommate or any place to live. So I lived on campus for all five years that I was in school uh, with the exception of the Christmas breaks and summers, I would move in with Larry, my brother and his wife. Right. So I, like kind of nutshell. Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't know any of that. Well, we probably talked about it, but it's been how long ago? 30 years? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, you're from Satellite Beach. Yes, I, I am. I remember, right? Yes. See, that's the thing. I Everybody remember. remembers where I'm from. <laughs> I don't know why. And why did that just Everybody pop up? Why did that just pop up into your head? Oh, I just, I don't know why. Maybe because we were talking about where I was from. And what I did, and I just remember that you were from Satellite Beach. And I know there were a lot of of people from Satellite Beach that you came to PBA that you knew before you came to PBA, right? So, yes, it actually was interesting because a lot of people came from Satellite Beach, my school, and First Baptist in Atlantic, my church. Um, Yes. Steve Stanford and Greg Jones came from the church. Um, the Pinkley girls came from yes. Satellite. Yes. Uh, who else came from Satellite? I think Alan Stafford came from Satellite, even though he was a year or two behind me. There were a lot of people that came from that area. Now, and, a lot of them left. They didn't finish at PBA. They went elsewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was... Well, that's the thing about it. You know, even as small as PBA was, every summer at the end, unless there were a handful of people that you stayed connected to, that might have been the last time you saw them. They may not, like you just said, they may have left mid, you know, during that summer and never came back. Right. So that happens in college, I think. It does. I think what happens is you go – in your first year, you figure out, you know, if you can 
be by yourself and on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people realize, okay, I miss home and I want to go mm-hmm. back because it's not like, you know, for us now, Satellite Beach was only two plus hours from Palm Beach Atlantic. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the PBA people were local, but a lot of people, there were people that came from the north, like Connecticut and Jersey and Jamaica. You know, Jamaica. I had a roommate that was from Jamaica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were people that came from the Midwest who came mm-hmm. just simply because Palm Beach Atlantic was in Florida near the beach. That's exactly correct. I remember a girl. I don't remember her name. There was a girl that came in. She literally would take the train. She would take the train from uh, West Palm to wherever she – and I, I keep one – I don't know if it was Connecticut, Rhode Island, or somewhere there. She would literally take the train on a Friday to go home to visit her parents, spend like a day, and ride the train back. And I really? was like, how can you be on a train for so long? I wish I remembered her name, but it was – those are the types of stories where, you know, mm-hmm. what you do to go to school. Yeah. And, I, and the only reason I went was because I had been accepted into Florida State – Realized I wasn't going to be able to play football and didn't think I wanted to go that far away from home because at that time, Satellite Beach was seven or eight hours from Tallahassee, Mm -hmm. big college, and something just steered me to PBA. Although my mom, go ahead. It wasn't the, was it the Christian aspect or just it was a smaller college and closer to home? It, it it may have played a little part in that. So the Christian thing for me wasn't a driving force. And mm. you should know that by how much I got in trouble. Well, not bad trouble. It was, no, we were just having no. fun. No, we didn't, we didn't yeah. you know, burn down anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but it was stupid stuff like, you know, yeah. like letting your underwear show for, underneath your shorts. I got I got pulled out of the cafeteria line for that. Are you kidding? No, breaking curfew. Breaking curfew. I, well, yeah, breaking curfew. Mm-hmm. Oh, Time to get back to your dorm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it's okay. I'll I'll get there when I get there. Well, and remember, Kathy Hall. Kathy dorm was off campus. Yes, it was. It was like a mile away. Mm-hmm. So you know, if we're you know visiting the girls at Weyenberg. That was a long trek back to Kathy Dorm. (laughs) And you didn't, and you either had to have a bike or a car because you didn't want to be walking between the school and Kathy Dorm because something might have happened. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's right. Did you like living in Kathy Dorm? No. Hey, they got some really nice places to live on campus now. I'm it's sure they university. do. Top notch, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and, and do a campus visit. I'm going to try to, I'm going to see if I know anybody there. I want to do a podcast from the school. Yeah, you said you were going to do that. Well, I, I say a lot of things, <laughs> but I got to know somebody there. I don't. None of the people are there that I know. Dean well, Mack, Philip Rothschild. Interesting. Well, you no. know somebody? Well, not I. Well, I do, but I have a, a fun fact for you, and I could get a connection for you. Oh. So, um, I work at Celebration Baptist Church as the preschool director, mm-hmm. and our administrative assistant. She and her husband met at PBA and got married, and at PBA? their younger daughter. Well, not at PBA, but they got married. Because they went, because they went to school, they met at they met at PBA. People and did that. I I know several people that did that. Well, that's true, and you know now where you know where First Baptist is, it used to be across the street. Then they had that open place. They have concerts and yes, uh-huh. stuff like that. It's all gone, you know. But anyway, their daughter Riley is coming to PBAU in August. So if <laughs> You, if you wanted to know about Riley, then I could uh, at least get you connected. Is, and, um, is Riley somebody I should know? 
you wouldn't you wouldn't know you wouldn't know them. But I'm just saying, like if you needed or wanted to meet somebody that was going to be going to PBAU, then I could uh, kind of you know make the connection for you. Okay, but do they you know do they have influence? Can they get me up the up the ladder? Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I, I mean, I could ask. I, I could ask. These. I can't just. I can't just roll up with some student. You know, <laughs> not a white one either. <laughs> not even. Couldn't do it back then either. No, you you couldn't. But guess but what? I, but I did. But that didn't stop you. Nope, sure didn't. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, but you know what? I mean, aren't you friends with Philip Rothschild yeah, on but, Facebook? Yeah, but he's not doing anything at PBA isn't he like in Missouri or yeah they're they're up north and they're I mean, they're on tour all the time Jennifer you know she's you know mm-hmm. that's who I should get on the show she's she's famous she is very famous um an author bible study um leader worshiper I mean yeah she's she's in, I can't tell you the number of times that um that I've seen her and she remembered me, you know, cause obviously she's legally blind, but um, in fact, it was just like within the last five years, she came to a church here in Tallahassee and um, I got to spend some time with her. And I said, it's Pam, Pam green from PBA. She's like, Oh my gosh. So she's got, you know, she's got a really great memory. Oh. I've seen her over the last 30 years. I've probably seen her like four or five times, believe it or not, mm-hmm. attended different um, leadership seminars underneath her underneath her so yep i uh i well i did reach out to philip and ask him to be on the show and he said that he would but that he's you know the busy doing their tour and stuff and mm-hmm. you know i want to get philip on because you know philip and i actually come from the same area he actually was in the palm bay area which is close to satellite beach i did not know that mm-hmm. until um i think i didn't know that until like the third year at pba well we used to see all these we used it's to, amazing, yeah, yeah. We used to beat him in softball. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you're right. It is amazing how small the world is. It was, you know, mm-hmm. something of having all those people at college. You know, a lot of my high school friends, you know, most of them went to Florida or Florida State. Some went to Miami. And one of the interesting things, I, you know, hang on, I got to write a note here because I just remembered something. So. The my senior year at PBA when I was SGA president, there were actually four classmates of mine from high school that were student government presidents at wherever they were at. And I've got to go back and remember all of them. I think uh, one, her name was Trisha at FSU, Kevin at like FIU or FIT or something, and. D Thorn at Stetson. And there was, I think one other. So there were a bunch of us from my high school that we were all student government president at the same time. That was pretty cool. That is very, very cool. Yeah. And you bet, and you better write it down so that you don't forget. <laughs> I just did. Although I got to remember you- some names cause I, I, I know Trisha, Kevin and D Thorn, Catherine D Thorn. That's who that is. I should know her. She lived around the corner from me growing up. Well, and, you know, I know you're doing these podcasts to reconnect with friends from, you know, PBA and stuff. Um, there's one teacher that that I I don't even know where she is, but Donna Thornton was um, head of um, the education, elementary education department when I was there. And um, I, don't, I don't even know how to get, I, you know, because um, Anna Keith, do you did you know the name Brian Keith from? He was the minister of music at First Baptist of West Palm. Does that name ring a bell by any chance? It does. Or Bill Keith? Excuse me, Bill Keith. Bill Keith. Well, I mean, his it... wife Anna taught voice lessons. Well, when I got up here to Tallahassee, um, when I first attended celebration, that's where Jennifer and Philip did attend. Um, but then there's also another mutual friend of mine that had lessons from Anna Keith from West Palm. So when you talk about it being a small world, it really is a small world. 
Yes, it is. Let me tell you how small it is. How long have you been at kinder school? Um, I have worked off, off and on. I've worked there for about 22 years. Okay. So just to catch everybody up to speed, you are the director of kinder school, mm-hmm. which is part of Celebration Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How long have you been director? Oh, only I've just finished 11 years. I've worked there for the last 22 years, but um, the director is only, I just finished 11 years. So my sister attended FSU in Tallahassee and was trying to get my nephew into kinder school. That was one that she looked at. Mm -hmm. Seriously? Yep. She was funny when she was looking at the, uh, announcement for the upcoming podcast. She, you know, she called, she texted me. She's like, how was your friend at kinder school? I said, um, so she started telling me, she goes, yeah, that's a school I looked at. I didn't ask her what happened, but I don't know if there's an application process and she got, you know, eliminated. I have no, no idea. No, it, there's no application. It's just, you know, um, if you can get a spot. Um, so we typically have waiting lists in all of our classrooms. So it's, you know, if registration happens every January um, and we fill up fast. Mm. So um, I hope I'm thinking I I was kind to her. I hope I'm sure I I was. I don't know if she, I'm going to assume that she didn't speak to you if you were the director at the time. Um, I'll have to ask her. Okay. My sister has stories like that all the time where she runs into people that I know of course. that stuff. Is she still here in Tallahassee? No. Okay. No, How old she, is your nephew? So I have two. I have one that's set uh, I think he just turned 17 and mm-hmm. my other one is four. Okay. So, so, she, so if she had reached out to, the kinder school for a spot for her child. It's been within the last four years yeah. or three years. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been and, and, three years ago, I think is when she was still in Tallahassee. Okay. And I, I'll tell you one thing is that we typically start at 18 months old, not at one years of age Okay. there. So that also, and we're not full time, like, and we're not even full day. So, our program is strictly a preschool, Monday through Friday, like a nine to one. So we're not even all day, and we follow the, the the Leon County calendar. So if somebody needs all day, every day, that's that's sometimes that can be a deterrent for families mm, okay. that need a full time program. So maybe she didn't even consider it once she found that out because maybe she's yeah. a work, she's a working mom, so she would have needed all day. Where, where does she live now? Does she live close to you or? Yes. Yeah, she's like, she's like 25 minutes away. You kind of hesitated there for a minute. Because I had done so well at keeping the distance, you know. One of the things I enjoyed was being able to have family just far enough away that, so that there could be no pop-ins. Well, and I remember that about you when we were at school that um, not that you didn't love your family, but you were okay if they weren't right there near you, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, how, this is how great it was with my family. So my first year going down to PBA, I can't remember how many times I talked to my mom, you know, from the time I enrolled until Thanksgiving. But I remember riding home for Thanksgiving, showing up, mom opens the door and she's like, what are you doing here? So that's, so that's my family. <laughs> like, nice to see you, mom. <laughs> I need yeah. my, I need my clothes yeah. washed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From, all those months, you didn't do any laundry. Oh, I did. I did laundry. Come on. Now. Oh, okay. I was going to say because that's typically the way the way that it works with with guys. But it, you made me think because I have a 
picture on my phone of um, Jennifer and I. Oh. But I, yeah, I'll have to find it. We'll have to do and a I'm better setup. Like, so you, you have to send it to me and then. Uh... I'll email it to you. Okay. Yeah, don't text it to those numbers you tried earlier. No, because they're, they're not cell phones. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't know that. But when I find that picture, I will email it to you. How does that sound? That works. And that way you'll you'll have that and you can use it for Philip to, so that you can make sure that um, he will definitely do a podcast with you. All right. Not like it's going to be blackmail or anything, but I'll try. It's just so you can one up. That's all. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So I'm trying to remember. Now, we didn't even talk about your journey from PBA in West Palm to Tallahassee. I think I asked you when I visited. I'm like, how did you get to Tallahassee? Because I don't think that there's a direct route. Is there? Well, there is a direct route. Okay. So, like I, I said that I had met Chris, my husband, in July of 89, and we dated. He worked for the state. Um, he uh, worked for banking and finance. He was a bank auditor. And um, he graduated from FSU, got a OPS or I guess a full-time job down in uh, Delray Beach. And um, that, that's where I met him, was at a Brinks um, party outside. It was a picnic or whatever. I went with a friend, he went with a friend, and we met. Armor car robbery, he said. <laughs> I was going to say, you met at a Brinks truck? <laughs> no, it was, it was at a picnic. It was at a, at a Brinks picnic. So, um, what? Why don't you let Chris tell the story? It sounds like he knows it. Well, he, he's brushing his teeth. Yeah, he, he actually <laughs> better at telling stories than I am. But, um, so we dated off and on, and then he got a promotion, well, so he, anyway, when we first met, he would have to travel like every weekend because that's just what he did with part of his job. And then he got a promotion to Tallahassee and that happened in January. And so I was teaching at, um, was it South Olive Elementary School in West Palm? And so I really wanted to finish out the school year. Um, so um, I finished out the school year. We got engaged, I guess, maybe February, March, and got married in June. So um, I was living in West Palm. Chris was living here in Tallahassee, and we got married in Panama City because that's where most of his family was. Mm. So that's how I got to Tallahassee. And I've been here now 30, in fact, in about three weeks will be our 30th wedding anniversary. So I've been in Tallahassee that long. Been here 30 years. Well, congrats. And I love it. So that's the condensed version. That's fine. That's about as much as I'll remember. <laughs> if that much. <laughs> until, until we talk another two or three years from now. <laughs> but that's why I'm doing these podcasts, so that we can stay in touch and do things more often. So let me do this. Let me take a moment right now to explain the podcast thing to you. Okay. And then when you have when when you finish, I want you to tell me some of the people that you've already had an opportunity to connect with. Okay? Cuz that's on that's a question I have for you and I I'm assuming since I know you're kind of running the podcast, but I can ask you some questions too, right? Absolutely. Okay. You're allowed one question. One? <laughs> okay. So let me first start by saying Pam Green is the reason, actually, I'm going to mute you because I don't want you like chiming in while I say this. <laughs> so, Pam Green is the person that I blame the most for getting me onto the Facebook. That's right. I just unmuted you so you can chime in. Uh, many years ago, I think it was 2013, when Palm Beach Atlantic was having a reunion. And they were only posting the information. What? Is that not it? No. I Was it 2013? Has it been that long? I don't remember. 
Well, you have to look at your Facebook page to see when you joined. <sighs> okay, well, that's not right. You don't have to do it now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so, you're- but you're the whole reason I got onto the Facebook and the whole reason that I signed up to go to the Palm Beach Atlantic reunion. And you gave me this speech about, I don't know, let's just say duty and honor and <laughs> something like that. And then I didn't show up. And then you didn't show. <laughs> you, you bailed on the reunion. I'm sorry. So. I don't know. I. It's okay. It's all right. But that's one of the reasons I wanted to invite you uh, on the podcast and you're one of the early guests. Uh, so the podcast basically is something that has probably been in an evolutionary state. When I first left uh, Satellite and went to Palm Beach Atlantic, I didn't really keep in touch with my classmates. One, I was busy. Two, I was moving on to bigger and better things, I thought. But, eh, you know, life changes. So one of the jobs that I did and this is going to shock some people because most of my friends don't know a lot about what Palm Beach Atlanta was. You know, yes, it was a private college, but it was closely affiliated with the First Baptist Church and the Southern Baptist Convention, the whole thing there. One of the jobs that I did was to be a youth minister at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. While you were going to PBA. Well, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was my second year, my second summer at PBA. I was the high school youth director, and yeah. a guy by the name of Albert Rossa DeVita was the junior high youth director. And I started a thing called The Paper. And it was basically a publication that we did every Sunday, and it was basically for the kids because, you know, most churches – you know, do their bulletins and all their stuff for the adults, and they'll kind of mm-hmm. scribble some stuff down at the bottom for the kids. Well, one of the things that I and Albert wanted to do was, you know, make the kids excited to be there. So I mm-hmm. created the paper, and it was basically a calendar of events, and we did spotlights on kids, and we did a whole bunch of stuff. And then I evolved that into my communication for other things mainly Junior Achievement when I was doing the national conference. And, you know, the Junior Achievement conference was one week a year. And we started to build bonds with other counselors at the conference. And then we would have groups of kids, you know, 50 kids Mm -hmm. that we would, you know, be stuck with, you know, basically 23 hours a day, seven (laughs) days for a week. And, you know, we kind of kept in touch, you know, with a few kids and stuff. like. So I started this newsletter to stay in touch with all those people. And it, you know, again, did spotlights on friends and talked about adventures. And if we ever had parties like, you know, a happy Halloween party, the J.A. Midwest adventure, we did a Daytona trip. And I would post all of this stuff. And that's how people kept in touch. Well, then, you know, as you get older things change and I stopped doing the paper. The last official paper was the announcement of my wedding to, to miss Kim. So that was many years ago. How many years ago? We are coming up on 18. Congratulations. So for many years, people are like, where's Marvin? Where's Marvin? Why aren't you on Facebook? Thank you, Pam. I'm on Facebook. Don't show up at the reunion, Pam. Thank you. Yeah, but but look, look at all the good it's done for you. So, See, aren't you so glad? Yeah, I, I I know underneath the fact that you always try to give me a hard time about it. I know it's because you're actually really glad that I got you on Facebook. It's, so. There's a lot of good also, that comes with the Facebook. There's a lot of crap that comes with it, but there's a lot of good, mostly good. Yeah, um, mostly good. So as part of my job, so, you know, I, I do tech stuff and the tech community that I'm involved with does podcasting is a big thing. So I took over a podcast four years ago and it's been strictly for the tech community. And I had been talking with people about doing one for the personal side. Now, I never had a full picture of what I was going to do. And when it finally came around to doing it, as the COVID was coming upon us, then it was just, you know, I'm just going to do 
the first few podcasts with just trying to reach out to friends, you know, new and old and see who will come on the show and try to do something where it'll be like a virtual reunion every week. And so that's how that started. But to help you understand what podcasts are, okay, they're like an audio book. So most podcasts you're going to find in online under like the Apple iTunes podcast, Google podcast. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of go looking for them. You get an app on your phone or your desktop and you can listen to it like you're listening to internet radio and you just pick the podcast that you like. So if you go online and look for the Uncle Marv podcast, we're going to be there and your episode will show up later tonight. Now the video portion I added because a lot of things that we do, people like to see. So we're broadcasting live on the Facebook and on YouTube, and they will stay there for people to find them later. And then the audio version will go onto my webpage, and people can download and you can subscribe to the podcast. So if you don't get to watch live, you can always listen, whether it's in the car, jogging, you know, tooling around the house or whatever. Just have the Uncle Marv podcast bumping in your headset. Well, and I just joined and I see one on Amy Coons. Yes. So Amy Coons and, was uh, PBA. Mm-hmm. And Todd is, Shoemaker is a name you should know from PBA. Yes. And uh, the other ones that I've done so far have been from my high school. Uh, Chris Snyder, Lenny DeBruin. And then uh, I've done two with my best friend MacGyver, who is a big junior achievement alumni. So that's who's hmm. been on so far. Now, is Amy, um, is she, uh, is that her, is that her maiden name? Yes. Yep. That's always been her name. She's not married. She's not? Nope. Because I know the name sounds familiar, so I was trying to. Yes. That, you know how you try to. That Amy Coons. Yes. And, and so she must, well, I don't see her, on, she's not on Facebook, is she? She wasn't very active, but she's been active like the last month. She's uh, She's been active. In fact, she uh, was the one, we actually hosted a Zoom union two weekends ago for Palm Beach Atlantic people based on the class of 91, which was the year she graduated. So I helped her host. Does she live, does she live in Illinois? Yes, she does. Yep. I, I'm sorry to go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. I know. Go just ahead. go right ahead. Just, you know, start digging into your Facebook, trying to research stuff while we're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I should remember her. Right. I should. So the, the short answer is yes. Okay. But here's the thing. So it's, it's weird because even Coons and I were trying to talk about stuff. You know, she was on, she was an RA, so she was on leadership, and, you know, sadly enough, I don't remember all the stuff that her and I did, except that when I, when I left PBA, and I spent time in the three years of darkness, which that'll be a later episode, so I'm not going to explain it now, you know, I had a lot of conversations with Coons about my time in the darkness. So that's where actually her and I, you know, became better friends was after PBA. And when I moved back to Fort Lauderdale and I spent a couple years working with junior achievement, working with the humane society, when I just start, when I decided to start my tech business, Coons was, I had like an informal mini board of directors where I invited everybody and we talked about, Hey, I want to start this. What do you think? And, uh, that's what happened. That happened in, in 1997. That's, but that's when you were living in South Carolina, isn't that correct? Or at some point along your journey, you lived in South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, excuse me, where in North Carolina, the town of Wake Forest, just outside of Raleigh. 
and I had a several jobs up there. I worked um, in the research triangle. I was a security guard for BASF, the company that basically said, we don't make a lot of the products you know, but we make them better. <laughs> that was their slogan. But don't you always wonder, like, if something was so good, how how or why did you have to improve it? That's right. what Chris will always say. Nothing improved. Well, sure, it had to be good, you know. Oh, oh, I okay. Shiny squirrel. Mm-hmm. Remember the other night um, we were talking about David Rivers. It was David Powell. That was the name he had. That's why I couldn't. I okay, David Powell. I know that name. I know. Well. I know, and I I'm, I don't know the story, but I knew when I said that name, you'd remember. Okay. Okay, so that shiny squirrel's gone. All right, making a note for David Powell to come back to at some point. But it is, but yeah, okay. All right, so podcast. So go to the page, com and hit subscribe on one of the podcast feeds because uncle marv is in apple it's in google Mm -hmm. we are now also Mm -hmm. in spotify Mm. Mm -hmm. look at you yeah well moving on up yeah it ain't that kind of moving on up not like uh (laughs) not like joe rogan making a hundred million (laughs) dollars It's okay. It, 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 you can't take it to heaven with you anyway, so. No, but you can sure have a lot of fun getting there. That's true. Just like the sign says. But, you know. Like the song says. What does the sign say? It can buy me a boat. It can buy me a truck to pull it. You don't know that song? Uh-uh. You don't listen to country music, it? do you? Well, yes and no. Um, I heard when when we first got on here, you were listening to uh, Keith Urban. Yes, good job. Yes, he's good. Mm-hmm. So, no, who sing who who sings that song? I don't know. Um, hang on. Buy me a boat. Buy me a trailer. No, it's I mean, buy I, me a boat. Buy me a truck to pull it. Hmm. Is that Darius? No, Rucker. not Darius Rucker. I know, but he sings country music. Yes, he does. Who, who, who would ever thought, right? That you would know Darius Rucker? Right? Well, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, the band that he used to be in, and now he's in country music. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. They yeah, used to come down you. here all the time. Really? Chris Jansen sings uh, Buy Me a Boat. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm sure that my girls would recognize that, but I won't. I Maybe I've heard it. Maybe. I'm not sure. All right. I'm sure you've heard it. I can't play it because I don't have the license to play real music on the podcast. So. Oh. So if you some- didn't know it and you played it, what would happen to you? Would you get a fee, a fine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the organizations would reach out and ask me to pay royalty fees. They're not cheap. I was going to say, how much would that cost? A lot. Oh, okay. Let's put it this way. Um, I would need a big old donor. (laughs) So here's, here's the thing. So I do have a license to play karaoke versions of mm, music okay and this is just to give you an idea so it cost me three hundred dollars a year for the ascap license okay which means i can play music in the ascap library through their licensing but i still have to buy the rights to each song individually mm. and the karaoke versions of songs the license is twenty dollars a piece Mm. And then you still have to like legally buy the song. Oh. That's just the karaoke version. Wow. So now to buy the real versions, sometimes they're thousands of dollars. I had no idea. So if you know somebody that wants to sponsor the Uncle Marv podcast for about 
10 grand a year, that, that would help. Sure. Sure. But right hey, now we, for people that want to donate, go to unclemarv.com, click donate. And you can... <laughs> well, and, and if you gave out your cell phone number, you could do Apple pay, but you know, <laughs> you'd think I'm giving out my cell phone number. Not a chance. I don't know. It's worth a shot. Hey, does does Kim come and do the podcast with you? She will. Is she there? No, I'm at the office. I know this looks like my house, but this is this is not my house. I was gonna say I thought it was your house. No. This is my chair. <laughs> this is this chair is thirty years old too, by the way. This is my green screen. So I, I switch between this and my office background. So I have, so I switch to this when I'm doing my tech podcast. So when I'm doing the tech podcast, I switch to that. Gotcha. And is that MB systems for Marvin B systems? Yes, yes. Very original. And so that, that's just a, a green screen or that's... Yep, it's a green screen. It looks just like uh, just like a house. Mm-hmm. So that's how it looks behind me. Yeah, I know um, when I do Zoom calls or FaceTime... People do that. Um, Zoom. Usually I'll do that with my, like a small group. And I don't know how to do it on your phone, but they'll you can do a background from your phone if you want, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. So yeah, but they, they look, people need to stop that. Some of those look really, really tacky. You can see through them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like if you move, it looks like your head's going through something, but it's really not, but yeah. yeah. That's that's why I invested in, you know, almost professional equipment so I can, you know, make it look like I know what I'm doing. Well, you, but you do, because obviously you know what you're doing. Yep. That's really a sheet behind you, but it, you couldn't tell. Nope. So there it is. Good, nope. good nice job, now, what I What I'm working on now is to have like the little, you know, square video up there so that when I talk about stuff, I can have it pop up on the screen like a newscaster, you know. Yeah. This just yeah. in. <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> hey, um, so um, question for you. How has this pandemic affected your work? Has it made it better, the same? Is it worse? How has it affected you? So for the most part, it's the same. Most of my customers, which are attorneys, consider themselves to be essential. So they stayed open. Mm -hmm. Some of them did have to make some adjustments with having staff work remotely, but most Mm -hmm. of them already had the situation set up where the attorneys were able to work remotely. So there wasn't much adjusting there. So it was just getting, you know, in some cases, staff would rotate, some are in the office, some are out of the office and that sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other offices, we got the entire office working remotely and it wasn't a huge deal. There was maybe a couple of weeks where, you know, I had to stay late a couple of times to set people up from their house to be Mm -hmm. able to make sure they could connect into the office, but not a huge deal. There's a lot of people in my industry that, you know, some of their businesses, you know, if they were in either entertainment or hospitality, you know, they, they took a big, a big hit. So Mm -hmm. they had to adjust and had to, you know, figure out ways to survive. Again, my customers, most of them are not on an official contract, but we do have monthly agreements. And so far, everybody has continued to pay. So I've not had that. Mm. Um, but there has been, you know, some adjustments. Some of the mm-hmm. customers that were not on board with doing secure remote access, now they are. Mm-hmm. Um, some customers that were reluctant to get out of the traditional office setting. You know, they didn't want mm-hmm. people connecting remotely. They didn't want, you know, those types of access, you know, provided. Well, they had to do it. And, 
they were happy that I had at least been talking to them, you know, for the last few years saying, you know, you need to kind of, you know, stick with the times here. This is what people are going to be doing. And so it wasn't a big twist of the arm to get customers to, you know, some of them had to make some purchases, had to update their internet connections, their firewalls and stuff like that. But it wasn't a big push and not much of an effect, at least for, for my business. Very good. Now, what did it do for you guys with, I know that, you know, technically you, you had to close down the school and stuff, right. And no church services and stuff like that. So how has that been? Um, well, we're still closed, but, um, so a couple of things that affected me and the people that I work with in, from the school aspect is that we were basically closed. Um, spring break happened the 16th through the 23rd. And then that Tuesday we were supposed to go back to school, uh, just like Leon County. And because um, they didn't open and the pandemic, you know, we, we all had to stay home. And so, like, for the first week, I kept thinking, okay, school's going to open up in a week or two. And then finally, um, it was pretty evident that schools would not be returning. Um, and remember a while ago, I said we're a part-time program, but what we, our trustees felt like it was the best thing to do was to pay all of our staff their regularly worked hours through the end of, well, our last day of school was May the 15th. So, um, you know, that for me was really hard to virtually lead about 25 people to make sure that they were, you know, reaching out to their children and families and, you know, um, make sure that they were staying in touch with me, you know, whether it was text messages or email or whatever I needed them to do. Um, because when they worked from home, so when they all got paid, I needed to set some boundaries and some guidelines to do work. Right. And that's where it became really convoluted because one teacher may have no children. One teacher may have a special needs child. One may have a child or two in elementary, middle school, and high school, and they're trying to get them all set up on their um, uh, distance learning. So to try to have them do, and they're, and they're teachers by trade, that means in the classroom. And we've never been virtual. We're a preschool. We, we care for children that are 18 months to four years of age, which none of that is really appropriate to do virtual, you know, training. So we did a lot of things like Zoom calls and FaceTime and send letters and cards and just love on the kids. And so um, now, so the last day of school was May the 15th for me. So the last couple of weeks, we've just been closing up um, all of our documentation for this current school year, which we normally do. And now we're trying to kind of get geared up for 2021, but we don't know what it's going to look like yet. Right. Um, and so right now, um, Florida Department of Education doesn't really know. Office of Early Learning doesn't know. Early Learning Coalition doesn't know. And DCF doesn't know. So, I mean, there are programs that are open. Um, I just don't know what we're going to do. So we, we still have to plan and prepare, um, you know, for social distancing. If if Leon can now um, – Leon County wants to propose to buy every student here in the county their own Chrome tablet. Um, I guess they're preparing for the fact that the school may not open. If the school doesn't open in August, we, we may not either. I don't, I just don't know. So, you know, just trust in the Lord and he's got it all under control. So, so it, it, it's gotta be interesting because, so my nephew is four my youngest nephew, and trying to get him to engage through video. You know, he's good for, you know, two to three minutes. Exactly. So, you know, how, you know, how did, how did you guys have to make that transition 
to do those types of things? Because I have to imagine you couldn't, you know, obviously in a preschool setting, you're not doing a classroom type thing like they would Mm -hmm. in, you know, high school Mm -hmm. or junior high or something. But to have a few minutes a day where a teacher can be in contact with a student, how did you guys make that transition? And was it hard? Well, sure it is. And it's, it's one of those things where you've got to make sure that the parents, obviously four-year-olds, don't have access to a laptop or a computer, but their parents do. And it's a Zoom call, and, you know, hopefully everybody's going to get on. Um, one teacher, like you did earlier, you muted me. Well, then they'll mute all the kids. One teacher finally said, before we do our Zoom call today, make sure that each child has a snack, you know, right there while they're – because – it's not really for educational purposes that we did the Zoom call. The Zoom call was to say, hey, how's everybody doing? What, what are you doing to keep busy? And, you know, Miss Beth, one of our teachers, I love you and I miss you. And, you know, um, one teacher that I jumped on with, um, like, go, we're going to do a scavenger hunt. Go find something in your house that begins with a letter B and bring it back. And then everybody share, takes a turn sharing or go somewhere in your house and find something that's red and bring it back and share it. So it was just trying to stay connected and stay engaged, not necessarily for educational purposes, right. because you're right. I mean, four-year-olds, maybe one or two minutes. Now, what about so, you and your staff? I mean, did you have your virtual staff meetings and how did you guys, you know, do your communications? Um, did a lot of it through, um, through zoom, through FaceTime, um, through, like I said, email and text messages. Um, and even up to like, probably even a couple of weeks ago, um, with my administration, um, there's four of us, um, on the team, we did zoom calls. Um, you know, so you just now, now we're, we are going in the office for a few hours every day, some of us, and there's four of us. That's the maximum, which is not a lot. So we, we go in the office, go to the school. There's not very many, there's nobody there really. So we go in there and, you know, work on some stuff and then we go home, but that's how we try to stay connected. So that's what we've been doing. It's worked. It's, it's not ideal in terms of, um, leading everybody, but I'm so thankful for technology that we've at least got this now because, you know, it's so funny. Um, my oldest daughter is 26 and one day she said, gosh, what did you and dad do before you had Google or the internet? I'm like, Oh, that's easy. You have a dictionary and encyclopedia (laughs) and a paper map, you know, even when we were in college, you know, there was nothing like this. So we we're blessed, I think. Don't you agree? Well, yes and no, because here's the thing. You know, I've been communicating. You got me on. uh, I I can hear myself. Echo. Echo. (laughs) I didn't do anything. Okay. So remember, though, part of the joys of our growing up is we were active. We got to go outside. Um, We you know, got to experience things in a completely different way. Technology, yes, it's better in a lot of areas, but it's also horrible in a lot of areas too because the social interaction is not there. Kids today, social distancing, no big deal because they're used to being on their phones all the time. Yeah, I know. It, 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 that is, is really bad. Um, so here in Tallahassee, when the weather is really nice in the spring and the fall, we love to open up our windows. We just, we love it. And one of the greatest things that I've experienced these last few months is hearing children play outside. Mm. I love it. Love it. They're actually outside playing and I can hear them. And it, it, you know, some people get, you know, annoyed by that, but I'm like, no, I, they're riding their bikes and everything outside. It's, it's awesome. Do you it's remember there was a time where after school, you know, before the sports and everything, it was literally, you get home, finish your homework and it was outside every kid outside. And that's all you could hear was kids running up and down the street playing whatever games, tag or, you know, we played football on the street. We rode our bikes and jumped on ramps, climbed trees. And Mm -hmm. we stayed out until the streetlight came on. 
and then you had to be home. Yeah, and sometimes you even stayed out after the streetlights came on, especially on a Friday night, and the whole neighborhood was out playing hide-and-seek. Well, that was different because the parents would be out with us at that time because Friday nights, you know, the – Everybody would come out and the lawn chairs on the front lawns and mm-hmm. people talking to each other and um, mm-hmm. block parties even. Yes. So it's back, right. it's back when we were all friendly to each other. Neighbors knew neighbors. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a development here where Chris works. It's called Southwood. And they, they've they set up the majority of the neighborhood for front porches. So the... The, the way you access your house with your car, it's behind. So you have an alley where you pull your car in behind, but the front is the porch. And that's where the goal is to help get people to interact a little bit more, you know, as opposed to what we do here is we pull our cars in the garage and you close the garage door. And, you know, that's when that's only time you see somebody is when they're coming and going, you right. know. Um, but no, what I was saying about technology in terms of not that it's necessarily good, although you're bringing up other aspects, I just meant in terms of this situation where, um, you know, at least to have the ability, but yeah, for children, in fact, even in our school, Marvin, we don't even do a lot of technology because we're old school. Like we play, we go outside, we have fun and um, and our, the 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 families that we have and the children that we have, they've got that technology at home. They don't need that at school. They need to learn how to get along with others and take turns and make friendships. You know, um, so those are the things that we we try to focus on at school. So we don't do a lot of technology. Okay. And you know, it, you know, it's really what's really awesome is. When our children leave our program and they go to other schools, the children are known because of the teachers and how well they've been prepared that they love getting our children because they're ready. They've, they've, they've learned everything that they need to learn so that they can go to their next, their next school. So it's kind of cool. We have got all the glory for it. That's for sure. Oh, good. That sounds actually great and uh, almost like a tradition now to keep going that uh, the expectation that we're going to get good kids from kinder, kinder school. Mm -hmm. 